You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network. Hey, you're listening to the Take Him With You podcast, episode 253 for December 29th, 2013. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. Stick around. What's with this Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Taken With You podcast. Yet yeah, once again, the last one of 2013, and then there was much rejoicing. Yay! Yay! So what inspired you to play a song about Billy Holly by the Weezers? Okay. Is that the First name? of all, it's not Billy... It's Buddy Buddy. Holly. I'm sorry. And it's not the Weezers. It's Weezer. Weezer. The band Weezer. Absolutely no idea. Okay. Because you didn't like the one I originally picked out. Yeah. We had a lot of problems getting started tonight. This is like our third or fourth attempt. But we're here. We're here. We're going to conquer this podcast. We're recording 1030 on a Sunday night. Yeah. And it's been a very long day. But a really (sighs) awesome day. We got up. Yeah, it was good. And um, drove to Raymond, and you um, <sighs> shared a cool message, which we'll be playing later. And um, then we had a birthday lunch um, party with my family for my mom's 84th birthday. That's true. And you, then, ha- you have the heater on. I can hear it. Oh, yes. I forgot. Let me turn it off. Here we go. We're, this is another snafu. It was cold in here. Um, That's and th- better. And then we had our kids over this evening for a game night. Which we played Lord of the Rings Lord Monopoly. The, yeah, yeah, and we both went bankrupt. <sighs> my daughter-in-law forced me out of all my properties, and did she win or was it Andrew? One I think she won. I think she won. She's pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah. Andrew came in second. He's, you know, it's so funny. You have. All your children. Someone said, you don't talk about Andrew as much as some of the other ones. Well, he's our quiet one. But from the time he was just a little lad, he was Mr. Money Pants. He would, like, <laughs> get a jar. And money he would, Pants? Well, he would get a like jar money penny? and save. Oh, Mr. Money Pants. He would save all the change he could find around the house. And he'd Hello, say, can I have this? my pants are made with money. And I'd say, yes. And then he put it in his jar. What do you have in and your pockets there? Money. But I'm just saying, he has always been good with money. You know, some people are spenders and some people are savers. And mm. now he's very generous and he's, you know, helped people out different times. And, you know, he he can spend money. But I think out of the three of our kids, he's probably more the saver than the spender. Yeah. He's more 
more conservative, but he's he's very strategic. But he always like when we were doing bake sales or garage sales with the youth group, even though he was just a little kid, he'd want to help with the the money. He was just always good with that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's pretty good at Monopoly, too. And so is his wife. So we just got beat. (laughs) Pretty much trashed on. Yeah. (coughs) But it was fun to see all the kids. Nathan and Ivy were over and Catherine. But thus, we're starting our podcast lately. (laughs) Well, yeah, we usually do it on Saturday. But But we had a lot of family things, which is good. Hey, it's been, you think about it, between last time and this time, Christmas happened. Yeah, lots of stuff happened. You got to do my play on Christmas Eve. Yeah, that turned out really well. Yeah, you were worried about it. You were concerned. I was a little concerned, but I... And I was grumpy pants. I was surprised that it just, it really came off really well. And, um, you know, of course, the makeup was fabulous. Um, You did a great job here. (laughs) The makeup and the costumes. And you can find that on our YouTube channel if you want. Yeah. If you want to watch the performance, Nathan uh, videotaped it for me. And and the ironic thing is, someone it's came up to you YouTube.com slash Rick Moyer 777. One of my nephews who's done a little bit of acting in local theater came up and says, man, I can't believe that you memorized that whole thing because it was a monologue for like 20, 25 minutes straight right. through uh, right. other than when you sang a song. Yeah. And he's like... I don't know how you could memorize so much. And and you had to break it to him that you had written the full-length play over 20 years ago, about 25 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it went through a few moderations, but basically... M- modifications. Modifications. Sorry, it's tired. Okay. Um, but basically it was the same story. And you had performed as Ebenezer Scrooge several times. Not... Several. Many more than several. Many several more. like three times. Well, several years, but the multiple performances each year. Yeah. So, um, so you knew the character very well. So, what did you tell him when you? <laughs> well, I said, I, I, I know you want to, you know, I thank you for the compliment and everything. I said, but I didn't memorize all that. I only had about three lines memorized out of the whole thing, and then I just did a just kind of did a synopsis and you know like i shared a story from the character's perspective yeah and kind of went through the play but and and people were just laughing and (laughs) you know almost in tears because of it being so funny and and it was so cute one of our great nephews who's like two or three was there and his mama was was holding him and and he was so into the play. He had never seen a, a big play, you know, like that before. And and you would have scenes where you're pretending to sleep. And he was like, wake up. Wake up. He, <laughs> he didn't really know the difference. Concerned. Yeah, yeah. He didn't understand about well, acting. <laughs> well, it was weird to see somebody live. He's usually just watched videos of people doing stuff. And yeah. So when he saw it live, it was weird to him. Yeah. So, so he was, was trying to interact with the it was yeah, funny. It was so cute. But, it, you know, f- compared to normal um, Sunday morning, it was pretty packed for Christmas Eve. And um, we had a wonderful time. There's probably at least 30 of the people at the church were my 
your family, family. yeah <laughs> um at least i think and but it was nice and my whole family nice. came out the immediate family so that our was immediate nice. family and then we did our weird tradition our i don't strength. see how you think it's weird well it's different than what i grew up with but it's been become our family tradition that either before or after our christmas eve service depending on the time of service that we attend um we go out to chinese food <laughs> And it's to this kind of hole-in-the-wall restaurant that's not really that fancy. It's really... It, it's the back ha- of the booths are plywood. And it and it still has those the powdered borax hand soap in the restroom and, and the, the towel that, that you, you have rotate. to pull down, the yeah. cloth towel. They had those in the little Chinese restaurant in Raymond when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to say how long ago. Long time ago. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's a really old... Interesting, yeah. But they sure had good food that night. They had good food, and we had a good time laughing with our kids and picking out songs on the jukebox. Because I let my daughter-in-law pick out part of them. Yeah, she had fun with that. She got In Sync and the Backstreet Boys, and, <laughs> and I and I was putting in like Leonard Skinner and Ario <laughs> Speedwagon and stuff like that. So it was pretty funny the differences. Yeah, they had fun. So we had a great time, and then they were over for Christmas morning, and we had um, our Christmas tree time. And what'd you and get for Christmas, dear? I got what I dreamt to have. I didn't think I was going to get it. Well, you got your chair. I had my chair before Christmas. Yeah. Um, but I said, you know, if the kids ever wanted to go in, if they haven't got me anything and they want to go in... I really would like an electric screwdriver, you mm-hmm. know, a cordless screwdriver. And you bought me one, which you shouldn't have because you'd already got me a chair, but I really liked it. And I can't wait to figure out how to actually get the the bit to fit in. <laughs> You'll have to show me. Right. I got it charged up, and I, I bought some salvaged fencing. And um, I'm going to make a bunch more raised beds for my garden, which I think I'm going to start doing soon. Oh, boy. So that I can get them um, all ready for you to bring that smelly mushroom compost. Great. (laughs) And I have to get my, I have an appointment with the chiropractor on January 8th. So hopefully my back can get in shape so that I'll be ready to use my wheelbarrow and move lots of smelly compost and get grow lots of good healthy things poopy dirt it's about 70 percent poop homogenized poop well it's, if it's composted it kills like this the weeds or oh, seeds and whatever. stuff in it so but it makes nice rich growing material yes so i'm really excited about that um, that was my big gift besides the chair. And then the kids got me a few little things. What did you get? You're wearing my triple slippers. I, I am because my feet were cold. I got slippers that make triple sounds and look like tribbles. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Uh-huh. But my kids all went in together. Mm-hmm. Did you go in with them? Yeah. Oh, and you went in with them too. And they bought me a uh, soda stream. So hopefully we'll be more environmentally friendly after this because it came with three reusable bottles. Right. So we won't... We won't waste, like, uh, aluminum cans and all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Our recycling... So now the quest quest is, you know, with that, you can... um, You can do all sorts of different stuff. Like, if you like 
you can do healthier stuff for you. You can mm-hmm. do like sparkling water or you can add orange or lemon or whatever. Yeah, one thing I want to try, and this would be kind of just for a special occasion, but I really like sparkling apple juice yeah, or sparkling grape juice. They say you're supposed to wait to put the flavoring in. Uh-huh. But we'll see. We can, We might be able to try it. Yeah, maybe we... Because I really like, uh, you know, on holidays, sometimes we'll get a bottle of sparkling cider just to be make something kind of special. And Yeah, because we're, we're not drinkers, so, I mean, we don't drink alcohol, so um, it's kind of fun to get the yeah bottles that look like that and celebrate. It's fun. Well, I wonder if you could even mix the, make just carbonated water and then just mix it with... I'm sure you could. That... You know, and then it wouldn't be so much sugar from the juice if you did half and half juice and half sparkling water. I I don't know. Am I? I don't know if it'd be sweet enough for you, but I don't I like don't, things don't as sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I I like to experiment with that. Sure, sure. But um, I got a the Superman movie that was cool, or Man of Steel. Man of Steel. And yeah. uh, gosh, um, one of my favorite gifts I think is what you got me. She's Which trying to one? Think, well, because I got you a couple of little things. What did you get me? Well, I got you some Sharpie markers. Well, I love that, of course. It's a and I got like twenty eight different colors. I got you a new apron for barbecuing. That's true, but no, I wasn't talking about those. My favorite is my new set of pans. Oh yeah. I got. I like to cook, and so. Um, you finally you, you I, got me what you, I wanted. You mentioned that you like a set of pans, and not just one pan that you buy, you know, the nonstick. But I wanted a healthier nonstick pan. Yeah, and they have like the a, ceramic kind mm-hmm. that are supposed to be a lot better and last. And we longer. had looked at a few online, and then um, I think it was the Friday after. Thanksgiving. I didn't get up and go early. I actually had to work that day out of town. But on my way home, I stopped at a couple of different stores. I you didn't were, know you're kind of wondering why I was gone so late. I know. I was like, man, she's so <laughs> not here yet. <laughs> and so I stopped at Sears, and I, I I did buy one pan at Sears, and I went ahead and gave it to you because. I found a whole set at Walmart that I really liked. and Wally World. And um, I love the color, and I was planning on painting my kitchen a real similar color. So now color. who are these for? Well, you do quite a bit of the cooking. So um, you wanted the—you know, we're kind of a different couple because I asked for an electric screwdriver so that I could build things for my garden, and you asked for pots and pans. <laughs> Well, you know, so we're we're not the typical. Knock the stereotypes over, I guess. Yeah, you know, girls like power tools too. So that's right. Um, and men can like pots and pans. That's right. It's cool. And darn it, we still have our Christmas lights up. Yeah, we're gonna probably take them down next weekend because we still have one more Christmas to do. Yeah, we're having my mom and dad down. Yeah, on New my, Year's my Day. My brother might come too. I don't know if on I New heard Year's from Day we're gonna have your family, at least some of them here. Yeah, and our kids will get together again, and we're gonna cook another turkey. Another and, turkey. And this time we will have gravy. We had one snafu on Christmas. It wasn't Day. a snafu. I didn't. I didn't make it on purpose. Well, we had a lot going on because some of our family 
don't really eat red meat like mm-hmm. me. And a couple of our sons don't always. I mean, our middle son doesn't, doesn't eat any red no. meat. So um, so you made a, a turkey for some of our family. But we had to get a that. A little one, a little tiny a turkey. A small turkey. Yeah. And then you got that out of the oven so you could put in the roast. Right, because I got a gift certificate from somebody yeah. for doing some work for him a while back. And uh, I didn't expect to get it. So yeah. I was able to take the Safeway card that they gave me and buy a little rib roast and make that too. So and we had a turkey. We had two different kinds of meat for Christmas. But, but be, with all the chaos but it was a little of too. Making, it was tiny too. making the little roast and the little turkey, which both couldn't fit in the oven at the same time, even though they were littler. But... With all that, we didn't make any gravy for the I, turkey. I, on purpose. You think it and, wasn't on purpose, but it was. Well, I should have asked you to because it was the driest turkey I've ever Well, eaten. and the reason it was dry is because we had to put it in the, in the yeah, we crock had to pot cook until it the roast was done. And, and I should have maybe insisted do you do the trick my brother does and put some, some dripping, some broth on it or something. Well, I kind of had some on there, but, but it didn't really But anyway, work. usually you make great turkey, and we will make great turkey on our, um, I don't know which Christmas this is, but our New Year's Day Christmas with right. your family. Yeah. We will have gravy for the turkey, and we'll have mashed potatoes and gravy and turkey. There you go. I'm not exactly sure what else we're having, but... Well, I'd like some type of a yummy vegetable to go with that. I think your mom's making shrimp salad. Yeah, she is. And we'll get some veggies. We might be able to swing getting some crab if my kids will buy it. What are you doing? Making gagging sounds. You don't like crab. I don't like the smell of crab, the taste of crab, the the texture of crab. The Pacific Ocean, right by the Pacific Ocean, and we have fresh... Dungeness crab from the ocean. I don't really care for shrimp either, and your mom's bringing shrimp salad. Yeah, but the the crab is so fresh, it doesn't taste fishy at all. And uh, it's really quite good. But, you know, one of the things people will say, well, crab's bad for you and everything. But, you know, I can't afford to buy enough crab for it to be bad for me. We only get it a couple times a year, even though it's most of the time it's like seven ninety nine a pound or more. Yeah. And right now it's on sale for four ninety nine a pound. So I looked at my sons who make more money than I do and said, "Hey, you guys want to bring some crab? You sure can." They have it on sale at Safeway. That's what I told them. (laughs) We have the turkey, so if they don't bring any crab, we will at least have turkey. And your mom's bringing shrimp salad. Yeah, so. so it should be pretty yummy. Yeah. Oh, okay, mercy. boy. We're tired. We should probably play our the message. Yeah. I hope everyone had a great Christmas. I know for some people, Christmas can be a hard time if there's illness or loss in a family. But hopefully, there is some something in it that made um, some peace and joy Did, in oh, your life. And I forwarded you you the email from our friend Greg about the sheep on the roof. Yes. Roof. Yes. Okay. So. So, he, we couldn't understand his comment when we had asked yeah, last time. Why did he? Why would he have a sheep, sheep on, on the roof? And it actually totally made sense. It completely made he, sense. He so explained. Greg explained to us, yeah, that um, growing up, they they had done research and talked about all this different stuff about where the manger really was, yeah. and it was more of a cave. Yeah, the Bethlehem. You know, with archaeology, they found that. That most of the animals were kept in like caves in the hills, and right. so, and 
the stables were, you know, like a cave, and they probably a cut had, out hole in the side, and of they the... probably had some kind of gate or something to keep them in, safe from wild animals and stuff. And, and so they drove their mom crazy. Yeah. So they said, well, they, they, the sheep probably would have been on top, not. Yeah, so th- that's what they did. But it, it didn't sit well with their mom, I don't think. Not at first, but she it became kind of a tradition. Tradition, and now kind of like us going for Chinese food and listening to the jukebox on r- Christmas. Well, Eve. a little bit more significant than that, I <laughs> yeah. think. Yeah. But uh, so that's why there was a sheep on the top of the manger. Yeah. Or the manger scene. Yeah, because it really probably wasn't so, a because we were like, what is he talking? What is he talking about? It was about? probably a cave, and the sheep would have probably roamed right. around on top of the hill. Right. Yeah. So, so anyway, we got a big kick out of it. Thank you, Greg, for writing yes, in and thank telling you. us. Thank you for solving that mystery for us. <laughs> yeah. And then we heard from, from a few other of our listeners, and we were just so so blessed by uh, hearing from people, and it was it was a lot of fun. So yeah. thank you, everybody, for the nice holiday messages and I sure wish we could have got together with our our friends, some of our friends that we know from the podcast, and like Shirley would have been fun to get together mm-hmm. with on on Christmas. And we did get together though on Christmas. Hi Shirley. On Christmas Day, some um, friends have been on our podcast, maybe two other times. Yeah, twice I think. Twice, um, author and artist um, Curtis Klinger. Klinger and his wife Debbie have been on our podcast before and they moved and all the way up from denver yeah, they moved from denver and now they're living at the beach and so they're Ocean about mm, 45 minutes an hour away from us i don't think they're that far away about about that okay at least 45 minutes okay probably closer to an hour but um but yeah they're a lot closer and since they just moved here we said well why don't you come to For christmas, christmas and man did he ever make he made the best apple pie wow was really good. It looked really good. You didn't eat any? No, I had a wheat crust, and I'm avoiding wheat. Oh my goodness! It looked really good, though. It looked well, fabulous. it was one. It was a real one. Yeah. And it wasn't a fake. There wasn't anything it was fake made about it. Home, made from scratch with real butter in the crust. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. It yeah. was really good. He talked all about how he made it. Yeah. So it was a real apple pie. So it was nice to spend Christmas with. Uh, yeah. Some folks that we haven't been able to in years. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Yeah, and you knew um, Curtis clear back back before, before you were married. Before we were married. Yeah, and then um, he worked at the um, Christian radio station with you mm-hmm. back in the early '90s, late '80s, and early '90s, I think. Yeah. Because uh, Nathan was born in 1990, and then it was about that time that he moved away. A little bit after that. Yeah. So. Yep, long time, friends. So, so today was a special day because it was our my mother-in-law, your mom's eighty-fourth mm-hmm. birthday, and it's it's really funny because I don't think of her as eighty-four because she still gets around really well. Mm-hmm. She's really sharp, and she volunteers. She's like, so busy and everything, almost right. Every day, <laughs> helping with different. So things. really, I don't put her in that category of over 80 years old she's a very very active senior like last summer she um joined the water aerobics class and went almost every day and um because raymond's such a small town they only have their pool open in the summer (laughs) um so um but she's just always 
always doing stuff, traveling and volunteering. Mm -hmm. and So today was yeah. her birthday. And mm -hmm. so I did a special message at the church because everybody knows her there. And I did a special message about five things I learned from my mother-in-law to take into 2014. And it was it was interesting to see people's reaction. A lot of people were wiping their eyes and stuff. I was thinking that it was going to be more of a fun tribute to her, you know. And uh, a lot of people were touched by the message. So that was cool. Yeah. And, and uh, But before we get into it, I have to tell you a story. It's hilarious. Okay. Did you know they found the frog? Yeah, I got an email about it. That's oh, so funny. I talked to Jerry today. My brother-in-law, Jerry, who we've also had on the podcast, mm -hmm. and his wife, Laura, which is your sister, mm -hmm. um, had a frog in their Christmas tree well, this year, a real one. You have to go back a little bit further because they had a Christmas tree delivered to their house by the Boy Scouts. Right. And they were busy, so it sat outside on the front porch for a couple of days until right. they had time to bring it in. Right. Well, as soon as they brought it in and set it up, they heard this ribbit. A frog ribbit, croaking in the tree. Ribbit. And, and they looked and looked and looked. It went on for days, days. and days. And then and Laura, Laura said all of a sudden it got quiet. Uh -huh. And she thought, oh, she, he probably died, you know, because, I mean, uh -huh. he's been inside this whole time. And so they were really concerned that maybe this frog had died. Had croaked. <laughs> That's what he said, yeah. So <laughs> I there's my your foot and the triple went off. You're funny. Jade tries to eat my slippers, by the way. Yeah. So so Laura was doing something and she, out of the corner of her eye she saw something and it was the frog jumping across. It was going into the big plant that they had in the room and coming back from the plant, going back to the tree. And so they caught him and everything and took a picture of him and everything. And uh, he was still alive. And then they put him outside. And uh, the next morning, he greeted them with lots of croaking. And so that Maybe was the mystery of the little frog. Maybe it wanted to come back in. Probably. <laughs> Can you imagine just enjoying living in a tree like that? Yeah, inside in a warm house instead of outside in, in the, the freezing cold. cold. You avoided all the that freezing weather. So. Yeah. <laughs> Really felt funny. like he went on a tropical vacation I guess for her because so. my sister is like me. She doesn't like being cold, so I'm sure I'm not it sure was why like we're telling this story. degrees mm -hmm. in the house. So okay, so now we'll go back. Okay, I just had to tell that story. That's funny. It's a I think funny they should story. write. They should write. Jerry should write something yeah. about it because he's an author and he would yeah. make it really funny. Yeah. Okay, so let me share the message I shared this morning. And you all can enjoy it. And then we'll be back at the very end mm -hmm. to say goodbye. So hang on. Here we go. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How's it going? We're in that limbo week, aren't we? Between the new year and the old year. It's a good good time, though. I'm gonna, how, do, how do I shut that off? I've got, I'm using my iPad today, and it's... There we go. Ah, whew. There we go. It was 28 years ago, or about there, somewhere, when I laid eyes upon this beautiful young woman. And I thought to myself, ooh, I'd like to get to know her. And she happened to show up at a Christian club that I was involved in at the college, Grace Harbor College. And... Um, I thought, wow, I really like her now. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, i got to figure out a way to get to know her. And as young men do, 
We pursue young women, and I pursued her as hard as I could. And finally, she gave in and said that I could drive her home. She wouldn't ride, ride the bus home that day. She would let me drive her home. So I did. She sat as far as she could to the right in my 67 Olds Cutlass Supreme. Um, I listened to, I can't remember what we listened to on the stereo, but I was really into music, so I played music. And she was as far away as she possibly could be. And uh, I got her home a little bit later because we went for a walk on the beach. Remember that? Yeah. And we stopped at, we went the Westport way. We got out to her house. I'd never been to her house before. And I thought it took forever to get there. So if I was going to pursue her, I had to be very serious about it. Because it was going to take a lot of gas. And back then it was long distance. So this was going to be expensive. I remember driving up the driveway to this A-frame house and seeing the beautiful view of South Bend and thinking, oh, this is pretty cool. And uh, she was getting all nervous for some reason. I don't know why. And then she said, well, let me introduce you to my parents. And so I came in. It was a little bit later because we had spent some time walking on the beach and talking. And I was trying to draw it out as long as I could just to be with her. And we got into the house and uh, they had already finished dinner. And I think Don was uh, uh, reading a book in his uh, recliner, which was really rare. Usually he was out doing chores on the farm. But uh, I guess it was just right after dinner. So he was reading something and the TV was on. And, And Amy introduced me to her mom and her dad, and said, Mom, uh, Rick hasn't eaten yet. Can, can we make him something to eat? And so Ina, you know how quick she is to, with hospitality, she whipped out a frying pan and whipped up some chocolate chip pancakes, and the rest, they say, is history. So today, I thought it would be fitting on Ina's birthday... Um, my sermon is entitled this morning, Five Things Biblically That I Learned From My Mother-in-Law I Can Take Into 2014. I know it's possibly the largest sermon title ever, but I have a feeling that you might enjoy this as much as I did writing it. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for the circumstances in life that really aren't circumstances. You put them together. Thank you, God, that you have a plan for our lives and that you don't have things happen by accident, but you orchestrate our lives. God, let us recognize that today and help us to learn from those who have lived before us and have experienced the things that we might experience and have decided to do it your way. And we give you praise and we thank you for what we're about to learn today. Let your word speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Those are good chocolate chip pancakes, by the way. I remember when I I met the Bale family for the first time. There were so many of them, it took a while. It was a couple of week experience. And uh, I was introduced one by one here and there and uh, in various ways because I think Amy had figured out that I was going to stick around a little bit. I was trying really hard to get her to like me, and she finally did. I finally did it. And look what you got yourself into. I have to say, though, I was really impressed with the Bale family. And the reason I was 
is not that my family was bad or anything. It's just that we didn't we didn't grow up with any faith in our lives. Maybe faith in ourselves or faith in whatever, but it wasn't wasn't anything to do with God. And here was a family that not only went to church, which you know a lot of people go to church, but they seemed to when I met them, they were living it every day instead of just on Sundays. And you know that might seem normal to you. But that's not really the case. There's a lot of people that will entertain going to a church service or watch a television program or listen to a religious radio program that don't live that way the rest of the week or the rest of the time. So this was a unique thing for me. I was like, wow. All of her her brothers, her sister, they all serve the Lord. Um, All their spouses serve the Lord. This is pretty cool. I wasn't used to that. So I was really glad when Amy said yes when I asked her to marry me. Because I was marrying not just, you know, when you get married, by the way, I just want everybody to know, you don't just marry that person. You marry their family. Whether you like that or not. It's true. I didn't, nobody could tell me that when I was young. But I've noticed that over the years. You know, you kind of, you, you have a new family. And that's how it goes. That's just the way it is. But I'm really glad. And I'll never forget, um, gosh, it, I don't remember, Ina, when this was, but it, I, we were visiting one time, and, and uh, you needed gas in your car or something, and I took your car down to get it filled up at the, at, when there was a gas station. It's not there anymore, but uh, I pulled up there, and I was uh, putting the gas in the tank, and somebody pulls up and goes, hey, I like your car. And I said, yeah, it's my mother-in-law's. And he goes, he goes your mother-in-law's? What are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm just filling it up for her. And he goes, yeah, I wouldn't fill it up for my mother. And I said, well, I actually love mine. And his jaw just dropped open. And I realized, again, not everybody loves their mother-in-law. Do you know what I mean? Okay, maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, good. But I was thinking today, as we're going to celebrate um, Ina's birthday, I was thinking today of some of the things that I've learned from her um, over the years, because, you know, a life speaks louder sometimes than somebody just telling you something. Actually, it does. Actions speak louder than words. We've heard that before. It, It may be a cliche to us, but it's true. It really is true. Somebody can say all sorts of different things, but it doesn't mean much unless they do it. And here's some things that I think... um, I'm only going to sh- I was going to share 84 things that I've learned from Ina, but then I realized we might be here till next Sunday. And so I decided to narrow it down to five. I could share 84 at least. But the first thing I want to share is in Hebrews chapter 13. If you have your Bibles with you, I should have put it on the screen, but I, I didn't have time to do that. Um, and this is something that is really, really cool that I've learned from Ina over the years. In Hebrews 13, it says, in verse 1, it says, Let love of the brethren continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember the prisoners as though in prison with them, and those who are ill-treated, since you yourselves are also in the body. I remember hearing stories and watching this happen over the years. I don't know if there's anybody that, um, that Ina hasn't opened her heart and her home to. And that's the first one, if you want to write it down. 
If you want to take something into 2014, open your heart and your home. I'll never forget the stories that Amy told me about um, her grandmother, who was always very um, strict and regimented on how everything should be. So she would ask, well, when she was visiting, how should I set the table, um, Ina? And Ina would say, um, you know, they're probably, you know, maybe you're setting it for 12. She'd say, well, set it for 13 because you never know. There might be somebody. And that just bugged grandma like crazy. But here's the deal. They almost always had a visitor for dinner, lunch, or, or, or breakfast, or they even let, um, they did have a salesman that might be there, uh, the milk guy, or whatever, but the, the door was always open, and the table was always set. But I think it's really interesting, um, nowadays it gets a little scary, you, you got to be careful when you do this kind of stuff, because you don't know exactly who you're dealing with, and you, you want to be safe. But at the same time, I think the spirit of making your heart and your home open still exists. And it is very important to show hospitality to strangers. Not only could they be angels that you're entertaining, but you are witnessing to people the love of Christ without ever even saying it out of your mouth. They realize the kindness and the, the love out of people. So that's something I've learned and uh, will continue to do in the year 2014. Second thing that I learned from Ina, and this is a big thing. It's helped me many times in my life now. Um, it was, again, many, many years ago. Um, the Bible says in Psalms, in Psalms 40, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground, steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed, and they will put their trust in the Lord. Here's something I learned. There is abundant life after tragedy. Now, this isn't an easy thing to talk about. Um, but I, I'm sad that I did not get the chance to really know Don the way that I should have. And it was very difficult when he passed away. But I have to say... I watched Ina go through a rough time, but she bounced back. Not only did she bounce back, but she excelled in loving people and making her life count. And I watched that. And I thought, look it. <laughs> if she can do that, and that's a huge loss. If she can do that, I can do that. And I'm not, you know, I'm not equating some of the things I've gone through as a loss like that. But I am saying this, that people that love the Lord and really live for Him, they let God turn their tragedy into triumph. And I've watched that in her life, and I'm very glad that I've seen that, because it's given me hope that when I go through rough things, I also can come out on the other side as long as I walk with the Lord. Number three that I've learned is out of Luke chapter 6. It says this, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn them the other also. Someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. 
And anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind Because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. I always thought it was interesting. And this is something I think is really great, Ina, that you do. When you get into a situation where perhaps... um, How do I say this nicely? Um, Maybe perhaps you didn't want to get in that situation and you have to... uh, uh, how do I say this? Gosh, I'm trying to think how to say it without making you embarrassed. Well, let's just say this. Um, if she's very grateful when she gets in a situation, even though she might have to uh, deal with the circumstances, she will immediately try and bless others as a result of it. I don't know how to say that without... All right, I'll just say it. I remember one time Ina got a speeding ticket. Oh! <laughs> What's that? I did get speeding. Oh, you did? That's right. That's right. That's what it was. She didn't get the speeding ticket. And she was so grateful that she immediately went out and, and uh, I don't want you to lose your reward, but she went out and she bought something specific for the Union Gospel Mission. $100 yeah, $100 worth of cheese. And I, and I, I laughed at that, but not in a, in a mocking way. I laughed because it warmed my heart. And I thought to myself, Wow. That is such a cool thing to live your life that way that, uh, you know, praise God for his grace. But boy, I'm going to help somebody now because that was. But, you know, it doesn't take not getting a speeding ticket for her to do that. She does that a lot. She's very open. So here's what number three is. What? Did I miss something? (laughs) That was great. (laughs) so number three if you were writing things down would be treat others fairly and with respect the other thing that I thought was really interesting um, I've never really met anybody that does this as well as she does but she's very fair you know if she if she looks across things she looks at things a lot more fair than I would I'm just not good at that uh, but she's great at that, and, and she does treat other people. There, there have been times when we've been in situations where we've been around different types of people from different walks of life, and I've never seen her treat people differently. They're treated the same by her because she understands that they, they're human beings that uh, God loves too, and I think that's fantastic. Well, we're cruising right through these, but here we go. Here's another one. 1 Timothy chapter 6 says this, As for the rich in this present age, and by the way, all of us in this room are rich, even if you don't think you are. Because trust me, if you lived in a third world country, there's people that are not rich. And people are wondering where they're going to get their next meal. We are rich. Just throw that out there. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty. 
nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but set their hope on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Like, think of that, the prayer that the Bale family always does at, at uh, dinner. How's it goes? For all, for all we eat, for all we wear, for all we have, we thank you, Heavenly Father. Good. That's that. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. And when I think of how I want to live my life, that's exactly how I've seen Ina do it. She really has a, she truly has life. You know, and the reason for it is because she is generous and, and she is good and, and she's, she's rich in good works and she, that's important to her. And I've watched that and I want to have that in my own life. So, I wrote down number four, share what you can now while you can enjoy watching others enjoy it. Amen. Do you know how many people, they leave a legacy all right, but they never get to see their children enjoy that legacy. That's not the case here. I've never, you know, I, and I love my parents and, you know, I don't know if they're going to listen to this or not, but if you do, mom, I'm not ranking on you. But, you know, they've said to me many times, well, you'll get it when we're gone, you know. And yet, I've watched Ina over the years be very generous and fair with her, her sons and daughters. And she gets to watch us enjoy that and be part of it. That's unique. Not everybody does that. And I thought to myself, and I've, and I've done it. I have thought, all right, how am I going to do this? Because I want to be like that. And I've tried as much as I can with my own kids to do that. And as they get older, I'm, that's my plan. Because I want them to enjoy it now while I can see them enjoy it. And I think that's a godly and a, and a rich heritage. But the last thing, which I think is really important, and probably the biggest thing I can take into 2014, is in Matthew chapter 5. It says this, Verse 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Wow, that, that is an amazing scripture. Because some people would say, well, I know why you Christians do good works. I know why you do things and, and stuff like that. Because you want reward and everybody to look at you and say, but you know what, that's not what this says. You know, the reason that I do good things for others and the reason that I want to bless other people is not so that I get my reward and it's not so that I can make sure that I get myself into heaven. That's not at all what it's for. The reason we as Christians should do anything out of love for other people is because God first loved us. Amen. And we love him out of love. Now, I don't, um, 
I don't come home, or well, I guess it's the opposite now. I work at home now, but um, I don't do things for my wife so that she'll do things for me. Does that make sense? Because I'll tell you what, we're human beings and that doesn't work. <laughs> we'll let each other down. I do things for her because I love her. And when you do things for people out of love for them, that changes everything. So number five is help people. In doing so, you are the hands of Jesus. Now, I know a lot of us, you know, we'll hear that phrase, well, we're the hands and feet of Jesus, and we'll think, oh, that's, that's nice. But we really are. I don't know the last time, I mean, I've seen Jesus walking down the street, and he stopped at the lighthouse driving and got a, a burger one day, and uh, he was pretty nuts when I talked to him. And you look at me like, what? Yeah, he, he said he was Jesus. He was wearing a robe, and he was walking, he wasn't Jesus, folks. I have news for you. <laughs> Jesus lives in us. You're not going to see him walking around in a robe and, and uh, ordering french fries. We are the ones that represent him and we are the ones that have him in our heart. So as a result of that, what we do for others, the Bible says what we do unto the least of these, we've done to him. We are his hands. We are his feet. And I have to say, out of all the things that I want to take into 2014, I certainly want to help people more. I don't know how to always do it, but I try to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I think that's important, but I want to be the hands of Jesus. And I see that in Ina a lot. You know, you do so much for so many different people. And it's like, wow, how do you do that? And I know why you do it. Because you love God. And you know what? People know that too. You ask anybody around the community, I, people know you guys. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. So you mentioned Raymond, and everybody knows the Bales somehow, some way. And I'll never forget somebody saying, Oh, yeah, I, mar I married into the Bale family. And they go, Oh, Ina, yeah, she's such a wonderful lady. And then, and then they talk about the Baptist church. And then they talk, you know, it's so interesting how reputation of what, when you love God and you love people, how that gets around. And people do glorify God when they see the great things that, that we do in Jesus' name. So there's about a thousand other things I could say this morning. But I think those are the ones that I could boil down to that I really wanted to work on in 2014. So you can hold me to that. And I'll try to hold you to that. That's open your heart and your home. There is life after tragedy. Treat others fairly and with respect. Share what you can now while you can be there to watch and others enjoy it and help people in doing so. You're the hands of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would really help us this year or this coming year to be people that follow after you. God, your word is so amazing. And as we look at it, sometimes it can be overwhelming and we wonder, how can we do all these different things? But Lord, you don't ask us to do everything at once. You just ask us to go one day at a time. So would you help us, Lord, to go into this next year with you in our minds and our hearts? That we would live for you. 
that we would take the time to to stop and look at what we're doing and say, Lord, is this something you would want me to do? What would you want me to say in this situation? Where would you want me to go here? How would you like me to help? So that we could be people that really follow after you and make a difference in the lives of those people around us. Lord, we truly desire to be your hands and your feet. Speak to our hearts. And as we gaze into your Bible, show us those things that we can work on so that we might be more like you. And Lord, we ask an extra special blessing on Ina today. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that she is a wonderful mother-in-law. She's taught me many things through her life. And I pray, God, that you continue to bless her with good health and that you give her grace, Lord, and you help us, Lord, to be more like her, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, everybody. Okay, there you go. What do you think? Did you like that? Yes, of course I did. And I think my mom was really blessed, too. She was a little bit embarrassed afterwards. I, I heard her say to someone else, someone in the hallway to going to the social hall you know i'm not a saint <laughs> and i said to i said to them well she raised us five kids so i think she's pretty close <laughs> yeah well i wasn't trying to flatter her i just no. i really seriously have learned those things from her so you know most of the time when people get to be in their 80s they've learned some things in life and if we can can look at people who've had a productive, loving, kind, fulfilled life, we can learn a lot from them. And one thing that you didn't really say, but one of the things I learned from my mom was that people are more important than things. Mm -hmm. And my, my mom's mom was very, you mentioned this a little bit, but her nickname was Sergeant General growing up because... Right. Everything had to be perfect. Right. Everything had to, you know, not have any dust. Every handicraft she did had to be perfect. And there right. was just like this perfection thing with my grandma. And I think maybe because of that, my mom's a real social person. And she can do handicrafts and she can do cooking and she can do all that thing, all those things. But growing up on the farm you had you you knew that you might have to drop whatever you're doing at any second and go get the cows in off the road if they got out of the thing or right. or go help a cow birth a calf or and you just had to have this certain flexibility to your life that was kind of lacking with my grandmother mm -hmm. and I love my grandmother I'm not trying to rank on her but she was just a type A perfectionist. And my mom taught me, you know, you can do things well and you can enjoy what you're doing, but they're not, what you do is not as important as who you do it with and who you do it for. And my mom always put people over the things she were she was working on, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Or if she worked yeah. on them, it was four people. Yeah. So. And so that was what 
That well, was what I learned from my mom. Yeah, and my hope was, you know, to give some people something to think about for the year 2014. And at the same time, it happened to be your mom's birthday. And so yeah, I figured that would be a good tribute. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, honestly, I think it's a lot better to do that when people are alive than when they're not. You know, I remember driving home from church one day mm-hmm. in the car with my dad. Mm-hmm. And my mom mentioned about someone passing and that, that, you know, we need to send off something, you know, memorial or flowers or something. And I remember my dad saying, you know what? I think it's better to send flowers to the living. Yeah. Meaning that, you know, while people are here, you should tell them you appreciate them and that, that you know, you care about them and to to let them know they're honored and uh, yeah. yeah, I'm tired, <laughs> but hopefully that made sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, well, thanks everybody so much. Now, 2014 is upon us uh, soon, so we wish everybody a happy new year, and we'll be praying for everybody. And let us know how we can pray for you. And we're gonna we're working on uh, sitting down and planning out some new mm-hmm. uh, new things for taking with you and. Uh, if you have any suggestions or ideas, we would love to hear from you. So yeah, anyone who'd like us, today, us to interview, please let us know. Rick at TakeInWithYou.com or Amy, Amy at, at TakeInWithYou.com. Take and visit our website, TakeInWithYou.com. You can also get a hold of us on our Facebook pages, Facebook.com forward slash Rick.Moyer or Facebook.com forward slash Amy.Moyer. Mm-hmm. And this is the last time, time you get to say it. Here it I goes. I get to say this in this <laughs> year. This has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2013. All rights reserved. You did that well, dude. And we'll see if I mess up next week when it's 2014 or not. We shall see. See how many times we'll have to tape that ending next week. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Happy New Year! You